Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Usually when we preach, we're talking about hope is good, but you need faith. But let me say this again to you. Faith cannot work without hope. Faith cannot work without hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have hope, there is no faith. Your faith cannot work. So we need that. We need hope from God. And no matter what's happening today, keep your hope alive because God's going to go through this with us and God will take us out of it very shortly. I'd like to read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 about hope. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, has begotten us again to a living hope. We have been begotten again to a living hope, not a dead hope, a living hope. And that's the hope we're talking about. You have in your life a living hope from God through his abundant mercy. Through his abundant mercy as begotten us again. So if you are a Christian, in your life there is a living hope. And in the King James, it's a lively hope. Never giving up. Because the hope is alive in you. Given by God through his abundant mercy. You have that hope in you. Never let that hope go away. No matter what's happening in your life. No matter what's going on in your life. A living hope through the resurrection. And we are very close to the resurrection. Celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Since Jesus is raised from the dead and is alive in you, there is a living hope. No matter what's going on, you have hope. It's always there. Hope is so important. It's easy for during this time to become hopeless and wonder. But no, as a believer, that's not your portion. That's not what God is giving to you. You have in you, through Jesus Christ our Lord, a living hope. Living inside of you. And then because you study the word and you know the word, then faith comes and hits that living hope inside of you and miracles begin to take place inside of your life. That's what this is all about. That's what we're talking about, the faith that works. Faith for a believer will always work unless we allow unbelief. If we allow unbelief because we're listening to what the world is saying and what Satan is saying, we're not reading our word, we're deviating from what God says, and we're listening to what the enemy is saying and what the world is saying, the predictions that they're giving, as long as we listen to those, then we'll, we'll invite unbelief into our life and deaden our living hope that is inside of us. But as long as we stay with the word of God, we say, well, I know what you're talking about in the natural, but I know what God has said. I know what I believe. As long as we do that, then faith arises and hits our living hope, and then we have a miracle. And I'm believing God for a miracle. I'm not afraid of uh, the coronavirus. We have a bigger God. God is bigger than coronavirus. 
in the name of Jesus, that thing would die. And I'm saying by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it should die by Easter. As we celebrate Easter, the coronavirus says, I'm out of here. Hallelujah. Because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus. Listen to what the scripture says in Romans 5 verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint. Your hope can never disappoint you. This is the word of God. And I want us to believe what God says. Hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God is poured out. Every believer has the love of God. And because we have the love of God inside of us and we can love, we don't have to be afraid. That hope will not disappoint us. But never let go of your hope. Never let go of your hope. No matter what the enemy comes at you with, never let go of your hope. God is on your side. If God be for you, no one can be against you. So never let go of hope. No matter how deadly the problem is, God is able to deliver us from that problem. Amen. I really believe that. So keep a steady faith. We know that love is required in your faith. For your faith to work. Know that patience is also required. Know that faith that glorifies God wins. And never allow unbelief into your life. A born again Christian, we speak the words of God. Today I want to turn and talk about the secret of the great faith of the centurion. Because Jesus said he had great faith. I've never seen faith like that in Israel. No. He talks about that. And in Matthew chapter 8 verse 7 through 10, it says, And Jesus said to him, I will come. Because they they said, Come over to my house and heal my servant. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Only speak a word. He understood what authority is. He understood that the word of God created the whole universe. The word. He was in Israel. He knew what the word of God says. And God said, and God said, and he told Jesus, all you have to do is speak a word. He believed in the word. It's the word that does the work. The word of God. And that's when we believe the word, it works for us. Just speak the word. That's the secret of his faith. He understood that. You should not come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. He understood that. Jesus was a man under authority. Having soldiers under me, and I say to the one, to this one, go, and he goes, and to the uh, to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. The word of God is God's servant for our healing, for our deliverance. God sent His word, and His word healed us. So the man said, "Just send the word." When Jesus heard it, he marvelled and said to those who followed, "Assuredly." 
I say to you, I have not found such great faith. He found some faith, great faith, but not this time. Because he understood the power of the word of God. And that's what we should recognize. The word of God, when we speak the word of God and we believe it in our heart, we are identifying with God's word. Jesus is not here to give the word, but we give his word in his name. And when we give that word in his name, he answers what we say because the word will not have never return to him void. So that's the secret of his faith. He understood authority. And from authority you speak and the word works. Because you are under authority. Every believer is under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have been given authority as well. And we should recognize that. And the way we display the authority is by speaking. Amen. By speaking. We speak the words of authority because Jesus gave us that authority. Listen to this in Luke chapter 10, verse 18. It says, it says here, Jesus speaking, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, look, he says, I give you the authority. You have the authority. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we have been given authority. We are under authority. And how does it work? The authority, the one under authority speaks only. Just give the word. Give the word. Speak to the circumstance. Speak to the situation. Go, your servant is going to be well. That's all Jesus needed to say. No struggle. The work that the believer has to work is the work of believing. In, in uh, John chapter 6, some people wanted to know from Jesus, what shall we do to do the works of God? We need to know what we should do to do the works of God. Jesus said, this is the works of God. Believe. Believe. Our work is to believe. And to help us to believe that work, we go to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's the work. We can't do anything to rid ourselves of our sins. There's nothing you can do. It's already committed. The only way to get it out of your life is through faith, through believing. What Jesus has done for us. Today is Palm Sunday, and it's an exciting time because of what Jesus did for us. He finished the work. He finished the work. And all he's saying is believe the work. Believe the work. And you will see it working in your life. Amen. That's very good. Hallelujah. So we must speak. We must speak the word. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith. So that spirit is all with us as believers, every one of us. We have that same spirit of faith. And because we have the spirit of faith in us, when God says you have the same spirit of faith, you have the spirit of faith. Amen. You're not going to have it. You already have it because you are saved. Through the abundant mercy of our God and his hope that is given to us, we have the same spirit of faith. But how does it work? How does it work? You are a person under authority. How does it work? 
the way it works, he says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, notice it's already been established. Not going to, it's already been established. This is the way it works. I believed, and therefore I spoke. If you don't believe, what that says, whatever I hear from your mouth is what you really believe. Whatever you're saying is what you really believe. If you're talking about Satan attacking you, attacking your family, attacking your finances, attacking this and attacking that, Satan is all over my life, guess what you believe? You believe in Satan's attack. But if you keep saying, God is my help, God is my refuge, Jesus is my hiding place, we know what you believe. Because when problem comes and squeezes you, what is inside of you will come out. And everybody can see it. What you say is what's been in there. And when I hear it, I know where you stand. I can, put, I can place you. So we believe and so we speak what we believe. We don't speak contrary to what we believe. It should never come out of our mouth. Even if you're thinking it, don't say it. Because when you say it, you give birth to it. Now you got your baby, you got to take care of your baby. So we never speak those things. We believe in what God says. That's the faith that works. Amen. The faith that works. It's so important that we understand the power of words. That's not what I'm going to go into today very much. But now we're dealing with a lot of stuff. And I hate it every time I hear them making these predictions. That they believe is going to happen. Because if the people hear that gospel. (laughs) Bad news. And they believe it, guess what's going to happen? They get what they believe in. They don't realize they are putting a word out there. And the people are listening. Everyone is listening. There's a word out there. I noticed when, some, when the president tries to be positive, it's knocked back down. I've seen it over and over again. And, and, and you believers, I don't know what you believe about or who you support as president. That's not important right now. We're dealing with a deadly thing. That's come against us. And it's, it's, I call it the invisible terrorist. Uh, 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 this coronavirus. Terrorizing the world and taking territories. Just like ISIS. But God's going to destroy it in its tracks in the name of Jesus. I don't care what you believe at this time. But understand what's going on. They want to condition us by believing these negative things. is going to happen to us. And the people hear it and they are fearful. They, become, they believe in this. It's going to happen. And they're worried it's going to happen to their family. Guess what? What you fear the most is going to come to you. That's what Job says. That's scripture. We need to believe what God says. And stand with what God says. God says, if God be for you, no one can be against you. That's the scripture. Listen to what Jesus said. But I say to you, that for every idle word, men may speak. They will give account of it in the day of judgment. That says I need to be careful about what I say from my mouth. Your words are not idle. Your words are doing something. Your words are not idle. So I have to decide what words to speak and what words not to speak. I can't speak words of fear. That's not my portion. Jesus never spoke any word of fear. 
We don't speak words of fear. We speak words of encouragement. Go to the edifying of the saints. That's the only words we should speak according to the scriptures. So your words are important in the, in the realm of faith and in the faith that works. Number eight, and label this, number eight, be fully persuaded. Be fully persuaded. And I'm just going to go through those scriptures quickly. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37 to 39, yet in all these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or nor high, uh, depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He was fully persuaded no matter what came to him. Full persuasion is so important because things are going to come to you that want to make, divert your attention and make you believe the other way. Why is God? Why is God doing this and all of that? In Psalm 23, verse 4 and 5, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. This man was fully persuaded. I'll go through trouble, but I don't have any reason to be afraid. I don't, I, I, there's no need to be afraid of what's happening there. God is with me. I'm going through the shadow of the valley of death. Right now, that's what's happening today. But God is with me. If God is with you, you have nothing to fear. Be fully persuaded. If you're not fully persuaded, once, most, sometimes you're encouraged and you, you're getting very up there and then you hear some of that news, you're back down again. That's not the way it's supposed to be for the believer. We are not double-minded. I want to speak about weak faith Strong faith, and little faith, and great faith. Something like that. Romans chapter 4 verse 1. And being not weak, speaking of Abraham, being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. It, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith or became strong in faith giving glory to God. So there is weak faith and strong faith. There is still faith but one is weak and the other one is strong. Then we also have little faith and we also have great faith. And the Bible has talked about this. But notice some of the characteristics of great faith. He ignored everything in the natural. He ignored all of it. Was it real? Yes. He was a hundred years old. You cannot take that out of your mind. I mean, you know you're old. You can't have faith, kids. And my wife is about 90 years old. It's not going to happen. He ignored all of those. For most, those that have weak faith, we say, I know God says this, but I don't know how that can ever happen. How is he going to do it? I'm already 100 years old. I don't understand this. Why is God talking to me this way? They keep complaining and talking about that. And it's all negative. But he never did that. He never did that. 
So his faith was strong. Though he was 100 years old, he was fully persuaded that what God has spoken, notice he believed in the promise. That was a promise. He never wavered because he had strong faith. He got strong. He was strong in his faith. That strong faith. And God came through for him. And he had his miracle. He never wavered in that. Through unbelief, he gave glory to God. This is some of the things that, that we need to be, to be aware of. In Matthew 6 verse 30, he says, Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? When you're worried about those things and you're concerned, guess what's going on in you? Little faith. Your faith is little. When you have great faith, you know God has spoken, you believe the promise, you know God will fulfill his word. You got nothing to worry about. You trust him. You do what you can. You leave the rest to him. That's what it is. But when you have little faith, you start thinking and worrying and you can't sleep. All kinds of issues and then you attack people and all of that stuff. Because you have little faith in God taking care of your needs. There's that which is called little faith. In Matthew, I just, point, I just want to point out where the Bible talks about great faith and little faith. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 25 and 26, Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. He was sleeping. That was the one with the great faith, right? At rest. When you have faith in God, you enter into his rest. You don't have to worry. They were worried they were going to lose their lives. But Jesus, he was sleeping. I know the boat was being rocked at back and forth, but it didn't bother him. He was still sleeping. They woke him up. They wanted to know something. They said, Lord, save us. We are perishing. I'm glad they knew that. <laughs> he can save them. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. You get it? When you are fearful about the situation, what's going on in you, you got little faith. Your faith is not up there. It's not strong. When you are concerned, that's the spiritual word for being worried. For being worried. You're worrying about it, but you say, I'm very concerned. no. You are, are, you are very anxious. That's what it is. When you are anxious about it and you're trying to figure out how to get out of it and all of that, what is really happening, you can't trust God. And so you lean on your own understanding. You're trying to make these things happen by yourself. The thing is, I cannot do this. I can do my best according to the word, but the real work is to believe. That's all it takes, just to believe. And believing will save you. That's what Jesus said. Lazarus was dead for days. Jesus spoke to Martha. Don't you believe? That's all he needed. He needed. Not walk, not cry, not complain.
That's what we don't need. Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. We're not going to go further. Let me so go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 27, and this, uh, beginning from verse 27. And he said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Why was her faith so great? What is she saying? Notice she refused to let. Jesus was, no answer. As soon as we don't get the answer immediately, we've given up. She never gave up. Even when Jesus spoke to her in a very negative way, she never gave up. She stood her ground. She had some words to say to her. And Jesus was so impressed. Great is your faith. She wasn't discouraged. She was going to get a miracle. Jesus will make that miracle happen. And she was not going to go back no matter what. No matter what happened, she knew this is the master and I'm going to get my miracle today. She never gave up. Never complained. Never felt insulted because Jesus said, dogs, she didn't feel that way. She accepted. She wanted a miracle. And this was it. And so Jesus then commended her. Woman, great is your faith. So there is great faith. There is weak, uh, weak faith. A little faith. That's what the scripture says. There are characteristics. When you begin to complain and you're worried and you begin to talk about the problem more than you talk about what God has promised, it's a clear sign you have left faith and gone into unbelief and it will not work. The best thing is keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. Even if it's coming in your mind, don't say it. Don't call somebody to tell them what's going on. That's when your emotions change and then you begin to question God and you begin to question the scriptures for some people. But the scripture is firm. God is true. His word will not return to him void. Is this time right? Okay. I got a lot of time. Wonderful. It's well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how do we obtain faith? How do we obtain faith? Faith is not of this world. Faith in God, you can't just have it. It comes from, from God himself, and it comes again through the word. It comes from the word. Through revelation from the word of God. It says in Romans 10 verse 17, so then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. At this time where, you know, the enemy thinks he's having the upper hand, and you are at home, this is the time to start working on your faith. By reading the word, studying the word, listening to ministers speak, your faith will increase. You'll find some misgivings that you had inside of you, and you correct them. It's just like Jesus said, when they hear and they understand, they'll turn. So God can work all of those in us. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's not just by hearing the preacher, you can read as well. That's hearing the word of God as you read. You're listening to the word of God. It's the book of life. 
is the book of life. It's manna from heaven. Daily manna from heaven. It's the book of life. The word of God comes, faith comes to you through revelation. There are a lot of people that read the word of God every time. They read almost, they, they study, but they can't have faith. And you're amazed. He, he, he has a doctoral degree in, in theology, but his faith is weak. And you wonder why? Why? Because he did not receive revelation from the Holy Spirit. Everything is up here. It has to be revelation from God himself. As you read the word and you humble yourself, God, I don't understand because it's a mystery. God has to unveil it to you. God has to appear to you through his word. And once that is deposited in your heart, your faith rises. And that faith is going to be tested. It's going to be tested. So, uh, David said in Psalm 119, verse 98, you through your commandments, through the words of God, the words from the Old to the New Testament, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. The words of God, they are ever with me. They make me wise, they increase my faith, they bring me consolation, they bring me hope. No matter what's going on, you've made me wiser than all my enemies. The enemies are always with me. And I also, the word of God, always with you. I have more understanding than all my teachers. When God gives you understanding, I mean, you didn't have to go to school. There are a lot of people having PhDs from reading what uh, uh, Peter wrote. He was just a fisherman. They make their living through a fisherman's writing. Because his writing didn't come from his head. He came from the Holy Spirit by revelation. And that's good. He says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies, the word of God is a testimony. Hallelujah. The word of God is a testimony. You are tested and you have demons coming after. Amen. Testimonies. <laughs> there is word for testimony. We don't like to be tested, but the word will test you. Amen. As you believe and God gives you revelation, then you begin to understand that the testing is, is for promotion. Count it all joy, right? So when you believe the word, you're not amazed by what's coming at you. You know what God has said. That is the way faith works. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For, my, for your testimonies are my meditations. I understand more than the Asians. That's incredible. Because I keep your precepts. That's so important. And Paul, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, said, I pray for you. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of it. What is he talking about? Your faith goes to another level. That you may know. That you may know the hope of your calling. So when you know it, it's gone past just reading it. You all just believe in it. You already know. Because it's gone deep inside of you. And when you attack, 
that thing that you know rises up from inside of you and comes against what's coming against you. That's the faith that works. It comes through the understanding the word. Praying to understand. You can read the word and never really understand it. Because understanding comes from, the in, from, from, from God himself. Now, I know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, I believe verse 14, it says, The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. He can't understand it. The foolishness of them. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. It's got to be through the Spirit of God for you to be able to have that faith inside of you. It has to be through the Spirit of God. So I want to go finally as I close. The second way to increase your faith. First way is through the word of God. Studying the word, listening to the word, asking for revelation, asking God, what, what does this mean? He'll tell you. The disciples had the opportunity to stay with Jesus and ask him questions. Right? When they didn't understand something, they asked him. And then he'll go around, talk about it, and then he gives them, then they say, now we understand it. Well, we got the Holy Spirit, amen? We can ask him questions. When we read the word and we don't understand, what, Lord, what does this mean? And if you say he'll give you understanding. And once you gain understanding, your faith increases. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not just sharing it. If you don't understand it, the enemy steals it. And it bears no faith. That's what uh, Matthew chapter 13 tells us. But when you understand it, it goes deep inside of you and your faith increases. The faith that works. There's another way to increase your faith is to pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. I know this is a controversy among the church, or church members today around the world. But this is scripture. That's not coming from me. This is what the word of God says. You may disallow it in your life to your own disadvantage. But when God provided something for you, you need to look deeply into it and begin to study it so that you can benefit from it. If you ignore it or just listen to what everybody else is saying and not going to God himself to understand what God has said about this matter, you have chosen to go your own way. I believe everyone should go by what God says and not what man's opinion is. And so it's very important. God says this is important to pray in the Spirit. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit, capital F, also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, notice, the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, makes intercession for us. How does he do it? Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit in your room praying for you? He's got to be through you. The Holy Spirit doesn't do anything without us. He works through us. And if you go, he's going to pray for you, if, he may, if he's going to make intercession for you, he's got to do it through you. He's got to do it through you. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints 
that's you believers, he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. Everyone wants thy will be done in my life. And God's will for your life is the best. And if you want the best, you need to pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. What does that mean? Pray in the spirit. Some people just have eloquent words to speak to God and it just flows. It's inspired prayer, but it's not praying in the spirit. It's got to be praying in the spirit. The spirit has to be involved. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 13, Therefore, let him who speak in tongues pray that he interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So when you pray in tongues, that's when you are praying in the spirit. That's when you are making intercession with the Holy Spirit. That's what is important. We're coming to why this is very important later with regards to faith. Therefore, let him who speak in tongues pray that he interprets. So that's for the church to today. That's not gone away. Knowledge is not gone away. It's still for the church today. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So if I don't pray in a tongue, your spirit is not praying. That's for every believer. I've got to pray in a tongue so my spirit will pray to God, directly to God. But my understanding is unfruitful. You don't understand what you're saying, but it's true. What is the conclusion then, Paul says? I will pray with the spirit. Notice, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. You pray with. And that's important. When you pray in tongues, you pray with the spirit. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the, with the understanding. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. When you speak in tongues, this is so important. It's so important. I was listening to a preacher say, I started sp spending time praying in the spirit for an hour every day. Change the person's life. Your faith just goes up like crazy. Especially when you speak in tongues and you read the word at the same time. Your faith keeps increasing. It's going to be tested, but it keeps increasing. It says, for he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men. You're not praying for people to hear how eloquent you are in your prayer life. And, and what you say, the great words you speak from your mouth. And people say, wow, that's different. This is between you and your God. It's a transaction between you and your God. And it's coming to you, you going back, going to him. For he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men, but to God. You can mock out there and say, that's wrong. We don't believe that anymore. I'll still be speaking to God. You can't stop that. I will pray in the spirit. I will still speak in tongues to God. He speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. These mysteries are not for God. These mysteries are for you. These mysteries are downloaded into your spirit. And your spirit begins to understand God in a different way. And that increases your faith. 
because you know God. God is spirit, not flesh. And so you know him in spirit. And because you know him in spirit, your faith becomes great. Your faith becomes strong. And it's good to do that. Very important. Finally, Jude one twenty. So important. It says, but you, beloved, I didn't give that to you. <laughs> it says, but you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith. Amen. Our faith is holy. Not only holy, our faith is most holy faith. Amen. Building up yourself. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. How do you do it? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Notice it's holy. That's the spirit of the living God. You build up yourself in your most holy faith. Your faith gets stronger as you pray in tongues and you spend time with God praying in tongues. Your faith gets stronger. You get greater understanding and you can move mountains. You enter into his rest because you believe the word of God. You believe the word. Thank God for what's going on. If it was regular service, I wouldn't have enough time to finish this message. But this is wonderful that God has made this happen. Stay strong in faith. Stay strong in faith. Never allow weakness in your faith. No matter what's coming against you, believe that God has a way out. For every temptation, there is a way of escape. God has protected us from from the enemy taking advantage of us. And God is with us. For our fellowship members, God is with us. We got nothing to fear. We believe and we've been praying. Angela spoke to you today. We've been praying that nobody, no one who is associated with the Ark Fellowship will ever contact. They are not permitted to contract this virus until it's over. In the name of Jesus, God will fulfill that for us. If you're at home right there, I want you to join me as we pray, as we close. And please be encouraged because God is with us. We go through this and we cross this prediction that they are given for this week. And next week, we cross that prediction. It will never happen. In the name of Jesus, this virus will be destroyed by Easter time. That's what I believe. That's what we're praying. By Easter, it will all be over. Close your eyes with me. If you are at home today and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, please pray with me today. Pray with me today. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. He's finished the work for you. You can go to heaven. You can see God. You can experience God here on earth. Right now, give your heart to the Lord Jesus. He died on the cross for you. This week, we're celebrating Palm Sunday. Next week, we'll celebrate his death and resurrection. He rose from the dead. The only man that's risen from the dead and is alive today. Why don't you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Receive him into your heart. Where you are right there at home, you're watching this, please make this confession before God. Say with me, Lord, I am a sinner. I sinned against you. Thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. I receive him 
I welcome him into my life. Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins in Jesus' name. Receive me. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Lord, because I know you will keep your word. You said everyone who comes to you, you will not turn away. I have I've come to you, and I believe I'm received. My name is now in the book of life. In Jesus' name. Can we give God a clap offering for that? Yes. These people have come to know the Lord. God, I thank you for our people. Thank you for all the saints. Your people that are crying out to you. Today, you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and call upon you, God, you said you will answer. We humble ourselves. We need your help at this time. And we believe we have you on our, we have you on our side. Bless our people. Bless the families. Bless the children. Bless everyone who is associated with this congregation. And all the believers, all the saints who are calling on you also. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.